10. Mark chapter 10. Very familiar scripture. Uh, preachers use this, this, this young man here all the time. I don't know that I've ever really heard anybody just preach specifically on just him. But uh, we're going to do our best to give you what the Lord's give us. Uh, honestly, I, I really don't think I'll be that long before you, so don't get weary. Uh, I'm going to do the Lord's will. And uh, I pray that the Lord helps us this morning. Mark chapter 10. Josh, will you pray for us? Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. We'll read a little bit here. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, verse 17 says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. So this young man here, um, there's, there's just a few things I want to point out about this young man um, uh, there's uh, three things that we know about him. This this story is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's three differences, three different um, occurrences where this story that happened with Jesus is. And this isn't a parable. This isn't something that Jesus is using and uh, that is using as an example. But it's um, uh, this actually took place. This young man actually came to Jesus, and these events really did happen. And this is what Jesus told this young man. And uh, I just wrote down three things they're pretty obvious but uh number one this young man was young he was a youth he was a young man but when I look at what he said here even though he was young he knew that he was lacking something he knew that there was something in his life that was missing he came to the Lord and he said what must I do to inherit eternal life you know in our day in our time it's already been mentioned this morning but uh, everybody uh, uh, wants their youth or everybody says to enjoy your youth while you've got it because it won't be here long and you'll be old before you know it. And us that are getting older, when the wrinkles and stuff begins to come, we'll get wrinkle cream or we'll start wearing clothes like the young people because we want to be young. We want to be youthful. That is something that mankind desires after. And this young man, he was a youthful man. He was a young man. But even in his youth, he was still missing something. Number two I wrote down, he was rich. And uh, I don't know if it tells us in this scripture, but uh, in the, one of the other two, 
two places it tells us that he was rich. So this young man had plenty of money. He was a young man, he had his youth, and he had plenty of money. I believe that this young man probably didn't lack for food. He probably didn't lack for clothing. He probably had a nice home. He probably had all the entertainment options that he wanted to entertain him through his life. They probably didn't have television then, but he might have had a magician or something that was entertaining him on a daily basis. So he wasn't lacking for entertainment or he wasn't lacking for something uh, uh, to keep him busy or to occupy his mind. He had all of that because he had money. But yet, even though he was young and yet, even though he was rich, he was still missing something and he knew it. And he knew it. So he was young, he was rich, and he was a ruler. This is the, the rich young ruler is what we reference this story as. This young man was a ruler. So this young man, I don't know what type of ruler he had or he was most likely. He was part of the Sanhedrin, but the Bible doesn't really tell us what type of ruler he was. But uh, uh, being a ruler, that meant that he had power. He had power over some people or he had power over some things. And with his money, that also gave him power. And, you know, I thought about this in our day, the things that the world and us as humans, our flesh, desire after is money, power, and youth. He had everything that our flesh desires after. This young man had all three. In our life, that's what our flesh desires to have. We desire to have plenty of money. We desire to stay young. We all want to live forever. We desire to stay young. And we all desire to have power. Everybody I know wants some kind of power. It may not be obvious in your life, but you want some kind of power. If nothing else, you want power over your own body. You want power. That is the desire of our flesh is to want these things and this young rich ruler he wanted or he had everything that in my mind that a, a man flesh wise could want but yet he still come to Jesus and he come to him and said what shall I do to inherit eternal life this young man was raised as a Jew and it said here that he had followed all these commandments that the Lord had asked him if he had followed he said yes I have and being a Jew the Jews I wrote it down here the Jews have 613 Old Testament laws that they try to follow to inherit eternal life. They try to follow these laws and I believe that this young man to the best of his ability was doing his best to follow these rules or these laws that uh, he had been raised to believe but yet he was still lacking something. Yet he was still lacking eternal life. He was still lacking salvation. He didn't have assurance in his heart that when he died he would go to heaven it was because he was lacking faith I've been on faith for weeks now I guess and we uh, preached a whole message on it I guess Wednesday night but yet this young man he was still lacking faith we we see here in verse number 17 it said that uh, and when he was gone forth into the way there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? So this young man, he come running. This young man, I believe that he was desperate. I believe that this young man recognized the need in his life and he came to Jesus running. He had a desperation in him that he wanted to know what it took to have that assurance of his salvation. He had a need and he was desperate to have his need met. Has anybody else ever had a need? 
need and they was desperate to have that need met and they come running to God and we kneel down before him I believe that this young man was reverencing the Lord by kneeling down to him but he didn't call him Lord he didn't call him Lord he didn't recognize him as the Savior it said that he knelt down before him and called him good master instead of saying Savior instead of saying Lord instead of saying uh, Messiah he says good master he says what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. So we know the thing that he is wanting is assurance of salvation. The thing that he's wanting is eternal life. That's what we all desire in our heart. We're all facing death, even though sometimes we don't want to think about it or talk about it or discuss it. We're all facing death out in front of us, and the very thing that we all desire is eternal life. So this young man's run to him with desperation, and he's got a problem, and he's wanting eternal life but the way that he approaches Jesus even though he was desperate even though he was broken even though he kneeled down to him he still approached Jesus in the wrong manner Jesus is the Lord before Jesus is my Savior he is my Lord I have to put Jesus at the top Jesus has to be my Lord my instructor my God my God is Jesus and that's what he has to be in order for me to be saved But then he said, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Basically what he's saying is what good work can I do that I can have eternal life? I've got these 613 laws and uh, I've been trying to follow them, but yet I still don't feel like I've got eternal life. He said, I've been trying my best to live a life that would be pleasing to God and I still don't feel like I've got eternal life. Uh, uh, and this time the, the, the Jewish crowd, the Pharisees and such believed that if they had um, wealth and they had uh, what we call blessings, that they had plenty of stuff, they, uh, they, 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 they uh, put that with godliness. They thought that because that they had many blessings that they was godly people. And this young man, he was rich, he was young, he had all this stuff and he thought that because of that he must be godly, but that doesn't uh, equate godliness, he was still lost. And he recognized that he was still lost. Everything that he knew to do, I believe he was doing, but yet he was still lost. He still didn't have that salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you've done everything that you know to do. You've tried to walk right. You've tried to talk right. You've tried to live a life that would be pleasing to God. You've tried to follow the Ten Commandments. You've tried to do everything that you know to do to be a good person. But you still don't know that you have eternal life. Well, I got good news the Lord standing up here right now with His hand held out saying if you'll come to me if you'll surrender it to me if you'll recognize me as Lord and Savior and you'll give your life to me if you'll uh, reach out and grab the hold of that faith that I'm offering to you you can be saved I was looking at this sign while Shannon was singing and I've always thought it was weird I don't really know why Papa put this extra L there's a story behind it but I don't know but while I was sitting down there it's all always open but it's also for all 
And it just hit me. It's for all. It's not just for some. It's always open and it's for all. Salvation is for all. It's for whosoever shall call upon His name. You can be saved. You can have assurance. You can have that feeling of the Holy Ghost. You can have a joy down in your soul that makes you want to lift your hand and say praise the Lord and thank God I'm saved and thank God my youngins are saved. That excitement that you've seen from the testimony you can have that today you can have that within yourself today it's a free gift verse 18 and Jesus said unto him why callest me good there is none good but one that is God so if he doesn't believe that he is God in the flesh, then why does he call him good? That's what Jesus is saying. He said, you say that I'm good. You're calling me good master, but there is not one good except for God, and you should know that, so why are you calling me good? Jesus was God in the flesh, but this man didn't recognize him as Lord, so he's saying, how can you call me good and you don't realize that I'm God? You don't realize that I am God in the flesh. Jesus was God in the flesh. He's the second part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and they're all three one. God, Jesus was just as much God as God, and the Holy Ghost is just as much God as God, but they all three come together to make one. This young man says, uh, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. I believe that Jesus was trying to get him to see and understand that he was the Messiah. This morning I believe that Jesus is trying to get us to see that there's no way I can get to heaven other than putting my faith in Jesus Christ. I can't work enough. I can't do enough. I can't walk a line straight enough. I've got to put my faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Verse number 19 says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. So this young man... Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knows it all. Uh, he's God. And uh, uh, he, 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 I believe what he's doing here is he's holding up a mirror. And he's saying, look into this mirror. This is the commandments. This is the law that you're trying to follow. And Jesus holds up a mirror to him. And he says, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And if this young man was honest, he would know that he's failed in some of these areas. Uh, see, i got a verse wrote down here. Let's see. Yeah, Matthew 5 and 28 says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. This young man says here in verse number 20, he said, And he answered in him and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. So this man, when Jesus held the mirror up to him, and he said, This is the law that you've got to follow, this man lied. This man lied. If there's a man in here that's never looked on a woman in lust, raise your hand. Amen. 
We all have. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever lived besides Jesus Christ has sinned. And I believe what the Lord was trying to do here is get him to recognize that the way that he's trying to go, the way he's trying to earn it, will never work. There is no salvation in the law. There is no salvation in works. The only salvation that this man can have, the only assurance, the only eternal life that this man desires is through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. So he answered him and he said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. So this man was facing Jesus face to face and lied to him. How many of us have ever lied to Jesus? Jesus, if you'll just help me in this situation, I'll do good. If you'll just help me, I'll be faithful. If you'll just help me to get right, I'll I'll be faithful to church for the rest of my life. And we lie to Him and we end up out of the will of God. He's our only hope. Why are we lying to Jesus? Maybe because we're lacking something. Maybe because we're lacking that faith. Verse number 21, Then Jesus, beholding Him, loved Him. That beholding Him just means that Jesus looked Him in the eyes And this man just lied to his face. And Jesus knows that he's a liar, yet he still had compassion on him and loved him. You know, I'm a liar. I'm a backslider. I backslid. I'll give you my testimony a minute ago that I'd got saved as a six-year-old boy in this church. And then I'd, uh, in my teenage years, I'd backslid and I turned and walked away from God. And that was me lying to God because on the day I got saved, I told him I'd follow him. On the day I got born again, I said, Lord, if you'll save me, If you'll give me peace and assurance that I don't have to die and go to a devil's hell, I'll do my best to follow you. And when I turned my back on him and when I went back out into sin, I was a liar and I lied in the face of God. But can I say I thank God that even though I'm a liar and even though you're a liar and even though we're all sinners, God is still looking in our face this morning and he has compassion on us and he loves us and all he wants us to do is reach out and take his hand and give our life back to Him. He still wants to save us. He's not mad at us. He don't want to whip us with a whip. He wants us to come humble before the throne of grace and get back right with Him. We can all have it. It's for all if you'll receive it. Then Jesus, beholding Him, loved Him and said unto Him, One thing thou lackest. The thing this young man was lacking was faith. He was lacking faith in Jesus. Everybody wants to talk about how they've got faith. or uh, Somebody will be sick and we'll say, I got faith, they're going to get better. Well, I don't necessarily have faith somebody's going to get better, but I got faith in Jesus. I don't necessarily have faith that I'm going to keep my job and I ain't going to get fired or I ain't going to lose my home, but I got faith that Jesus has got my best interests at heart. And I got faith that what Jesus done on the cross was enough to save me and take me to heaven. My faith is in Him and His plan. Not my plan, not my works, not what I've got, but my faith is in Him as the Savior. Then Jesus, beholding Him, loved Him and said unto Him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and take up the cross and follow me. 
So what this man is lacking is faith. And uh, if you read this and you just read over it, it would be easy to think that Jesus was telling this man that in order to be saved, you've got to sell everything you have. But I don't believe that's what's happening here. I believe the Lord held up the mirror of the law because that's what the law is. The law shows us who we are. The law shows us that we can't make it without Jesus. And that's what Jesus has done to this young man. And He says... uh, he holds up the mirror, and then this young man, he tells him to go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor. I don't think that it really had anything to do with him selling his stuff, but what it had to do with was showing him who he was. If you'll notice in verse number 19, all those commandments that the Lord gave him, let's see, give him a... Thou knowest, uh, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. Those six commandments are the commandments that deal with mankind to mankind. The other four deal with the Lord to mankind. These six deal with mankind to mankind. So when he told him to go and sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor, this man, if he truly was born again... And he truly had uh, 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 followed these commandments to the best of his ability. He wouldn't have had an issue with selling off everything that he had and giving it to his fellow mankind. But you see, the only way that you can ever follow the commandments is through and by the blood of Jesus. On my own, I'm not able to follow the commandments of God. On my own, I don't have a love for my fellow mankind. There is no love in me for you all except for the Lord that dwells inside of me. And I believe what Jesus is doing here is He's showing this young man that you've lied. You've told me a lie and you don't love your neighbor like you say you do. You don't follow these commandments like you say you do. And in order for you to truly get that faith, to get that grace that you're seeking after for eternal life, you've got to surrender it to me. You have to recognize the Lord as Savior. What this young man is lacking is faith is faith and uh, uh, this is some of what I brought Wednesday night but I'm going to bring it again uh, Romans 10 17 said so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so this young man has just heard the word of God from the Word of God. He just heard the Word of God from God Himself. Jesus Christ has given him the Word of God. That tells me that he had an opportunity in this moment to grab a hold of faith or to reject it. He had a moment right here where he had the opportunity to choose. The Lord's not going to force him to be saved. And we'll see here that he didn't. And he went away sad because he rejected what the Lord was telling him. But in this moment, through the Word of God, he had an opportunity to receive faith. To receive that faith. I read this example Wednesday night. We're going to read it again. Suppose someone gave you a check for a million dollars. The money is yours if you want it, but you still must endorse the check. In no way can signing your name be considered earning the million dollars. You can never boast about becoming a millionaire through your own effort because the money was a simple was simply a gift and signing your name was the only way to receive it. 
That is how we receive grace. That Jesus has wrote this man a check for grace right here. And he says, if you want salvation, you've got to reach out and take a hold of it. If you want faith, you've got to reach out and endorse the check. If this man never takes that check and puts that check in the bank, that don't mean that it wasn't a, a, he didn't have the ability to receive it. He just denied the free gift that the Lord was offering him. And I believe that's what this young man did. Uh, you read there in verse 22, it said, uh, uh, well, let's read the, end of, uh, read the end of 21. It said, Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. So this young man, his treasure was in his works. This young man, his treasure was in his goods. This young man's treasure was in his youth. And if your treasure is here on earth, and it's in your youth, or it's in your, uh, uh, your, your money, or it's in uh, your ability to earn salvation or walk right, then your treasure is in the, long, the wrong place. You know, I was telling you a minute ago about how Papa is almost just longing rather to be in heaven than to still be here on earth. That's because his treasure is over there my treasure's not here on earth There's this earth is going to burn away with a fervent heat and it's all going to pass away and what I've got here ain't going to matter but what I've got over yonder on the other side that's where my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when I leave this world I'm going to heaven I'm going to a place that Jesus has gone to prepare for me that's far greater than this world I'm living in now I'm longing for a city that I've never been to before and I cannot wait to get there. That's where my heart is. That's the difference. This young man's heart was earthly. My heart's heavenly. My heart is over there and that's what's required for salvation. And it said, and come and take up the cross and follow me in order for you to reach out and grab that faith that we were talking about. You got to give it to him. You got to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. You got to call on his name. You got to call on his name, and then you got to take up your cross and follow him. A cross ain't something that's easy to bear. A cross will give you splinters. A cross will make you tired. Toting it uphill, you'll be wore out. Jesus was give out when they beat him and he was trying to tote the cross up Calvary's hill. Toting a cross is not an easy thing, but it's a choice that we have to make to have faith and grace and to have eternal life. It's the choice that we have to make. Take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. So this young man, I don't know what he chose out in the future. I don't know how much longer he lived. The Bible doesn't tell us the, uh, any more story about him. But in this moment in time, he chose the world. At this moment in time, he went away sad because he didn't grab a hold of the way the Lord told him. If you grab a hold of what the Lord holds His hand out to give you, if you grab hold, lay hold on eternal life as the Bible tells us, if you lay hold on it, that sadness goes away.
It's the greatest feeling I've ever had knowing when the brother gets up to sing, do you know how it feels? I know that I'm saved and there is no sadness. There is no depression in me because I've got assurance of my salvation. I know I'm saved and there is no greater feeling. There, uh, there, I, I, I can't even understand until I get there, I guess, how Papa is so excited about going to heaven. I mean, I'm excited and I've got my youth still, I guess. I'm, I'm just in my mid-30s, but uh, the, there's still something in me that longs to live a life and to be here for my daughter. But my Papa, there's just a, I, I, I desire to have that same feeling and that same excitement and zeal about getting to leave this world. Death is a scary thing. And we're all facing it. But if we've got the grace and mercy of God and we've got eternal life, you can know that you have eternal life. It ain't a mystery. Uh, for years I thought that I, I, had to, I didn't really know for sure. I thought I did. You can know for sure. If you've reached out and grabbed a hold of it, if you've took up your cross and followed Him and you're doing the will of God, you can know that you've got that salvation. I had a little more to preach, but we ain't going to get there. Come on, Tommy. <clears throat> this morning, if you don't know that you have eternal life, you don't know that you're saved beyond a shadow of a doubt, today is your day. Get saved. Lay hold on it. Reach out and grab that faith. Faith is a gift from God. The, the, the way to believe in something that you've never seen is through faith. It's by grace through faith. And the Lord will give you that faith. It, it, it comes by the Word. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God has been presented and read. And if you're lost, you have an opportunity today to get things right with God. Everybody stand. This altar's open. And it's open for all.